Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Friday, February 25th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The Missouri and Illinois congressional delegations have been swift to react to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. That includes Illinois Democratic Senator Dick Durbin, who says Russian leader Vladimir Putin likely has bigger plans. At this point, he's massed this uh, huge military force. His ambitions may be more than just uh, Ukraine, I'm afraid. Durbin wants to see the U.S. go beyond the sanctions already announced by President Joe Biden. Durbin co-chairs the Senate's Ukraine caucus. He says the Biden administration should take action directly against Putin and more members of his inner circle. I would take this war home to Putin and his oligarchs. I'd let them feel the pain directly. I think we've been playing with kid gloves as far as they're concerned. Uh, And I, I think that this invasion of Ukraine puts an end to that. The sanctions announced yesterday hit two banking executives and four relatives or other officials believed to be close to Russia's leader. Illinois' other senator, Democrat Tammy Duckworth, says Putin's actions are an unjustifiable attack on Ukraine's sovereign territory. Missouri's two senators are also condemning the invasion. Republican Roy Blunt calls it a threat to the stability of Europe. Fellow Republican Josh Hawley describes it as Russian aggression. Both want President Biden to provide direct help to the Ukrainian armed forces. In other news, Missouri Governor Mike Parson has signed a roughly $4.5 billion supplemental budget bill. It provides raises for all state employees without establishing a minimum. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, changes by the Senate did not lead to pushback from the House. The House passed the budget by a vote of 133 to 12. It contains not only money for state employee raises, but also almost $2 billion in federal dollars for schools and money to fund Missouri's Medicaid program, including its expansion. One of the largest changes on the Senate side was the restoration of around $7 million for raises. The House had originally reduced that amount. House Representative Cody Smith, who chairs the House Budget Committee, spoke on the Senate decision. Smith said he would work with departments on setting wages. It is not my intention that the state government should uh, place the state workforce at an unfair competitive advantage over private employers. The budget is the first bill passed during the 2022 legislative session. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Also out of Jefferson City, House members have advanced a proposed constitutional amendment that makes changes to the state's Medicaid program, including expansion. The amendment also needs approval from the Senate and Missouri voters. One of the proposed changes would give the legislature power to allocate funding for Medicaid expansion separately. That means lawmakers would have the power to eliminate the program's funding. House Budget Chair Cody Smith. This would allow us to uncouple parts of the Medicaid program and prioritize them Uh, through the appropriations process in the event that we should need to. Smith made those comments on the House floor before members voted to pass the amendment. The proposal also creates a work requirement program for Medicaid enrollees. Worldwide air quality improved during the first six months of the pandemic in 2020. As St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan reports, researchers from Washington University found that fewer drivers on the roads meant less air pollution. 
Burning fossil fuels releases nitrogen dioxide, a pollutant associated with asthma and lung cancer. Early in the pandemic, some cities enacted strict lockdowns, which cut pollution from vehicles. Using satellite data, WashU researchers found nitrogen dioxide pollution dropped about 30 percent in 2020 compared to the previous year. It really was a dramatic short-term change. Randall Martin is an engineering professor at WashU and the study's co-author. The reductions that occurred during these COVID lockdowns were comparable to 15 years of technologically driven reductions globally. The study examined more than 200 cities worldwide. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio. The chief executive officer of one of the area's largest employers is taking a medical leave of absence. The board of directors of Clayton-based Centene approved the request from Michael Nydorf. James Dallas has been named acting chairman of the board. A group of five executives will lead the day-to-day management on an interim basis. Nydorf started at Centene in 1996. He has led the company for 26 years. Nydorf announced in December his intent to retire by the end of this year, and the board of directors has started the process of finding a new CEO. Farm shows are a staple of agricultural life in the Midwest. Before farmers head out to their fields to plant, they head to convention centers and exhibition halls to check out the latest technology and to connect with fellow producers. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports, the pandemic has created some uncertainty about the future of farm shows. A small crowd of farmers and their families are walking among the giant combines, tractors, and other farm equipment at the Matthewson Exhibition Center in Sedalia. It's the Central Missouri Ag Club Ag Expo, and Pettis County corn and soybean farmer Bill Taylor loves it. He says it's a low-pressure way to check out a lot of different things. If you want to talk to a guy, you can. If you want to walk by, you can. Uh, and that's what we like about it. There's a little bit of everything here. I mean, we got anything from siding to gutters to, to a tractor tire and fertilizer buggies, livestock equipment. Like most farm shows, this one was canceled last year over COVID concerns. This year, it's back in full force. But some farm shows across the Midwest canceled again, and others went online. Danny Young is a rural banker who works with farmers and is on the planning committee of Sedalia's farm show. A lot of farmers, uh, they're hands-on kind of people. They don't really want to sit in front of a computer or something and, and do it virtual. They want to get out of the house. They want to go to town. They want to touch the machinery. They want to talk to the people. And they're just not, it's not a real virtual clientele. But many in the business think virtual connections are the future. And the in-person farm show doesn't have much life left. We were well on this path and just covid kind of proves the point to a lot of people. Jim Mandis is a sales manager with Crone, maker of machines for hay production like mowers and balers. He says every year there are fewer farmers in the U.S., and they're all tech-savvy enough to research big purchases on their own. They know more about what they're buying than they did 20 years ago, 10 years ago, three years ago. The relevance of a trade show, physically seeing machines and talking to reps, is not what it once was. Manda says his company is seeing less value in going to every farm show and focusing more on being selective about which ones they attend. He says they are also looking for more cost-efficient ways to have meaningful interactions with potential customers. That approach concerns people like Jock Headblade. He's the executive director of the Macomb Area Convention and Visitors Bureau in West Central Illinois. Macomb canceled its Ag Mech show for the second year in a row because of COVID. 
Headblade says it's more than just a financial hit to his small town of 17,000. There's a morale element to it, too. Headblade says for a small town, a farm show is part trade show, part community event, and a big element of a town's identity. And while he's confident the Agmex show will return to Macomb next year, he's not sure every show will survive. Some of these towns won't be able to recoup these, these types of shows. Um, I think that's because it loses a little momentum. Uh, that, you know, sometimes these are volunteers that work these together, and it's hard to, you know, keep be- people involved in their interest in these things. But the doom and gloom about the future of farm shows doesn't play in Sedalia. Despite the show coming on the heels of a major snowstorm in central Missouri, attendance was good, according to organizers. And Danny Young says the demand from farmers is still there. We visited with several of them yesterday and kind of asked them the same question, and they said they hope that we continue having the farm show because they enjoy getting out and getting to see the machinery, seeing people that are in the same business they are in. Um, they act like they want to see them continue, so we, we plan to keep having them. And Young says farmers are used to riding out tough times, and COVID canceling their beloved farm shows was only a temporary setback. I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Jonathan produced that report along with Harvest Public Media, which follows agriculture issues in the Midwest. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.